Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Do you want to quit your day job and take your passion for creating wedding films full-time, creating art that you're proud of with couples you love? Immerse is a wedding filmmaking retreat that will equip you to take your films and your business to the next level as three wedding filmmakers teach you how they have built lives for themselves that allow them to work with their dream couples and travel the world. Visit ImmerseRetreat.com for dates and locations. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are doing a new episode this week that I'm really excited about. Uh, this is... This is something quite different from what we have typically done, but I think this is going to be really helpful to a lot of you. One of the things that I see with photo and video companies, particularly in the wedding space, is this sort of uh, perpetual rebranding. Everybody always wants a new website, a new logo, a new look, a new name, uh, you know, and, and all the things that kind of come with that. And I think that sometimes that is important if if those things are really a weak point for you. However, if you have something that's really strong, I think that can be detrimental if you're changing all the time. And so one of the things that I did from the very beginning when I first started my company was to reach out to a talented designer to have them do the work for me because honestly like I did probably like what most of you did and you know tried to goof around and came up with something super crappy and realized this wasn't going to work and so at the time I was you know of course doing my my company as a side hustle little thing on the side but saw some potential that I might one day want to grow bigger than that and even so, even if not, I just wanted something that looked really nice, that had a clean look, that could be timeless, that could that could live on for a very long time. And so I reached out to someone who I knew as a very talented designer. As uh, longtime listeners of the show know, I used to be a dorm director back in... Uh, back in Abilene, Texas, and one of the guys who came through my dorm was David Singer. And uh, I got to know David well in the dorm and sort of, um, you know, kept in, in relationship with him throughout his time there and had seen a bunch of the work that he had done uh, around campus and and just knew how talented he was. And so his senior year, I reached out to him and said, hey, I really feel like I need to up my game on, you know, my branding and that kind of thing. Can you, can we partner together and, and create something? Uh, and, and I remember in those early days, we, we were kind of all over the place in terms of like my direction. Uh, we came up with some very goofy things and all that. But anyways, that's for an, another part of the discussion later on. But first, I just want to introduce to you my designer, who we worked on several projects together now, David Singer. David, thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, thanks for the introduction. A um, little more about myself. I'm, I'm now an independent designer, so 
um, just like probably a lot of a lot of photographers and videographers out there. Um, I've just started working for myself, which is which is really exciting. And um, some of my big focuses are branding, as uh, the few projects that I've done with with Jordan have been. And but I do everything else from packaging. Um, I've named companies. Uh, wedding invites, all kinds of things. So, awesome. And before you, you just kind of went on your own recently. Before that, you were working for a bigger firm here in Austin. Yes, yeah, I was. Uh, was in Austin for about three and a half years, working for a package design company. Uh, we we worked a lot with natural foods companies, but it was it was really formative in that a lot of our relationships with companies were long term. So we didn't work on many projects where someone would come in and we'd just do a logo for them and then send them on their way. We had a lot of years long relationships where mm-hmm. we really got to know them and understand their needs and, and work together uh, for the long haul, which was, which has really informed like my relationships with my clients now. But yeah, as you said about, about a year ago, I left Austin and um, now live in Denver and work for myself and have that, that freedom and, that excitement and the nervousness that comes with yeah. uh, with being your own boss. Absolutely. I think our listeners can understand that, especially those who have made that plunge to go full-time on their own, whether it's starting their own business or going freelance. Um, you know, we can definitely empathize with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I find it to be the right, that right mix of, of being nervous and excited um, kind of stepping into something that you're not familiar with, but I, it, it tends to create the best work. I think when you're, when you're uncomfortable and you're, you're learning things every single day and you're not, you're not being static. You're always, always trying to better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes great sense. You know, I think probably most of our listeners would say that, even having done it, maybe, you know, a few dozen or a few hundred times, there's still at certain parts of a wedding day, there's still some healthy nerves there, you know, when it comes time to the ceremony or the fact that they spring the toast on you last minute, they moved up, you know, they moved it up by half an hour and you weren't ready for it. Um, there's all those moments that sort of bring this sort of unhealthy, not unhealthy, sorry, a, a healthy nervousness, um, that allow us to make sure that we're doing our job really well. Um, and that we're sort of staying on edge and, and, uh, I think approaching it from a, from a more creative place when we're kind of on edge like that. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, David, one of the, so we've had, we've had two different projects that we've worked on together. The first was with my, my first company, Jordan Bunch Productions and more recently, you have been developing a corporate brand for us, yeah. uh, the Film Mavericks brand. And uh, it's been really interesting, like seeing the different dynamics of kind of where you were at a, I mean, how many years ago was that? Was That, that was 2012, I think. So. 2012. So that was six, six years, years ago, ago yeah. when you, you were, when you you were re- one of my very first uh, quote unquote real clients. Yeah, that's um, right. Yep. Yeah, so that was when I did that first like official rebranding. I'd kind of lived off of just sort of a, a font that yeah, I found yeah. up until that time. And so in 2012, you did that rebrand for me. And 
I remember the process was really interesting because I had no idea kind of what I was going for. And I, I came up with everything from like the classic look that I ended up adopting to like something really goofy that had to do with like bananas. Yeah, I remember right? <laughs> playing off of off your last name with a bunch. We yeah. explored some banana, yeah. banana related visuals, <laughs> which you know, like you did some pretty cool stuff yeah. with. Uh, I'm glad I went with a more classic yeah. look. <laughs> uh, but the bananas, like that, was a fun idea to play with. <laughs> I figured our listeners would get a kick yeah. out of the fact that uh, we were trying to play with bananas to for that a little up bit. On the server later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun actually to put in the show notes if we can find that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely don't have that anymore. So that would be, that would be awesome. Um, but now working with you again, like obviously your processes are way more refined at this point, uh, six years later, you know, having graduated, having worked for a bigger firm and kind of seeing how they do it and then, you know, adapting to what works best for you as an individual designer now. Uh, so talk to me through, I got to I got to sort of witness that. Talk to me through your process. What makes a good design? Like just from basic where I came to you saying basically, uh, here's the name of the company. Here's kind of what that means to me. Uh, here's what we want to be about. And I think I want something sort of simple, but a little bit edgy. I don't really know what I want help me out. So that was kind of what I came to you with. And then, uh, we went through a bunch of steps to get to the final logo that we have today. So talk to me through that process. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my process is, has definitely grown and changed throughout the years. And, and even still, I, I noticed that it's, it can be very different from client to client, depending on the type of project and depending on the, uh, the time and the scope. Um, so it really, in a way, it, it's a little different for everybody, and I try and customize it um, depending on what we're what we're working towards. But in general, I really I really love to approach, and I've always approached design from this almost as like a problem solving um, from this problem solving aspect. And I I grew up I always loved math and the thing which is I think a little weird for design <laughs> for a creative type, but. Um, the thing I loved about that was it felt like there were all these different ways that you could go to get to the, the final answer. Um, and you had to start from this, you had to start by really understanding what you're trying to, trying to solve. Um, so with every client, I really, the first step is really just understanding the business, um, understand if it's a product, really just trying to understand what we're, what we're working at and what we're working towards. So if it's a rebrand, I'll I'll often um, really dig in and try and understand why why they want to change the logo or why they want to change the brand. Um, is it is there something specific that isn't working? Is there is there an element that feels old or outdated? Or sometimes they're just they're just bored of it and they're ready ready to do something new. Um, and going through that process can help help me understand how much they want to change or how much they want to just kind of put a fresh coat of paint on things. Um, one way that I've heard that described often is an evolution or a revolution uh, for a rebrand, which I think is really interesting. This idea of, do you want to take what you have and, and grow it and make it better and new and fresh? Or do you really want to pivot and create something new? 
Um, so that, that first step is really just trying to understand uh, the product, the business. And in a lot of cases, if you're rebranding an, an individual photographer, really just understanding the person so that you can, uh, you can capture who they are and what's, what's special about them and, and what they do. Um, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of overlap with that, that I would imagine the way that you would approach a, uh, photography, the way you'd approach a wedding is you want to understand, you meet with the couple and you, you understand what, what's special about their relationship and, and, you know, whether their relationship with their family and these different things that you might want to highlight in the ceremony and, and in your photography of the ceremony. Um, so understanding, understanding why they're approaching this, what the problem is, and really just getting, getting this, this solid formation to then move forward with. And after, after there's this, this strong level of understanding, then, then the actual design takes place. And, and that's actually one thing I would, I would say to watch out for with, with quote unquote bad designers, but I've seen, I've seen people who don't ask many questions. And I think if, if you're hiring a designer and they're not asking a lot of questions and it doesn't seem like they're, they're trying to, to understand your business and you, then you may end up with something that looks cool, but it's not going to be personalized. It's not going to be special and specific to who you are and what you do. Um, and then in terms of the design process, we can use Film Mavericks as an example. Uh, we started with what I call mood boards, where we we looked at, basically I collected images and other logos and color schemes from from things that already exist and created created a couple different visual directions um, that we could that we could go in. And that helps helps really give this this visual element and you can start to picture like, oh, this this direction I like, but it feels a little too colorful and saturated and and this one's a little more professional and it feels masculine or feminine it feels right um and that again creating this this uh solid ground to to move forward with so we picked we picked a a visual direction and then um i kind of retreat into my corner and just create all kinds of things and uh, i find it really interesting that the client usually only sees, you know, a tiny fraction of what actually gets created. Um, on my on my Illustrator board, there's just pieces of things everywhere, things that started and then die. And um, what actually ends up getting presented in that first round is just just the things that made it through all these these internal cuts. Um, so we looked at a couple logo directions in the first round, and I remember correctly, there was one or there were two that kind of stood out and we yeah. is that correct and um then through through one or two other rounds we we talked about what we wanted to explore either changing color or exploring different typefaces um and just kind of textures yeah textures yeah. so again it's it's kind of this like you just create these little pieces along the way and it it doesn't it doesn't feel finished really until the very end um, and I always find it, I always find it interesting how much a brand can change from what you present in the first round, um, to what the final, uh, the final logo and brand looks like, you know, you mentioned back in the day with Jordan Bunch Productions. Yeah, with the bananas. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we had all, <laughs> all kinds of things that, 
that they grew and they changed throughout the process and then some of them fall away. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the most important thing about the process to me is, is understanding the why, um, why they, why this company wants to change or create a new logo. Um, and then really just getting, getting an understanding about what makes them special so that hopefully this logo and this brand can convey that to, to people. Um, because it is, um, in a lot of cases, it's one of the first things you see, uh, the name and the logo and any kind of, any kind of communication that that can give in terms of your professionalism or your style, um, is, is something that will help people connect and understand what they're going to get if they, if they decide to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I was also surprised myself because I think sometimes, well, for me anyways, when I was going through, I had like first impressions about everything. Everything was mm -hmm. a first impression, you know, mm -hmm. and then there would be, you know, like I would look at the first impressions I had where everything was in full color. And then I would look at the black and white version and I would have a completely different impression yeah. about it. Yeah. And I would be like, Oh wait, I didn't think I liked that one, but actually I really do. And maybe I was just like completely drawn away by the colors. And so like, I was really surprised by so much throughout the process and ended up choosing something that in the beginning I hardly gave a much thought to at all. Yeah. Um, but in the end it just felt like, very clear like that was the right fit yeah and and that it's interesting to me how often something like that will happen because i actually uh rebranded a photographer recently and we looked at we looked at three three directions initially and there was one that she i always make sure to get initial these initial reactions as i present it and then i'll ask the client you know tomorrow send me an email and and just write down your thoughts on each of them and her initial reactions, there was one that she absolutely loved and one that she was kind of into and one that she was like, I don't think that's right. And then in her follow-up response, it flipped on its head. And the one that she loved, she was like, I loved it, but I think that's because I've seen it a bunch. Hmm. Um, Makes sense. And, and this one that she wasn't sure, I think it made her feel maybe uncomfortable at first, but as she thought about it and spent more time with it she said she realized i think this is actually a better this actually encapsulates who i am and my photography um in a much better way so it's always i always find it interesting to see how how people's impressions will change um but it's still it is still important i think to see what their initial reactions are that'll go into because sometimes it is just the color and that's something we can change or if there's something that will throw you off immediately when you see it, we can look at ways to, to change that so that people aren't, don't have a bad immediate impression. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or like there's one, the one that we, it was sort of like my second favorite. Um, you know, I, I loved it. And then I remember looking at it the next day and being like, Oh wait, that V sort of looks like a U to me. And I could see mm -hmm. how people would interpret that correctly and not yeah. be able to read it. And then we just made that one little change. I'm like, okay, now that looks way better. But I'm still drawn to this in this other mm -hmm. way. And so it was just, we were just all over the place. And I was surprised at how all, all over the place I was. But now I'm just thrilled with what we have. Yeah, yeah. And, and another kind of connecting back to 
talking about the process. Another thing that I really love to do when when presenting logos is not not just show a logo on a blank white page um, or even just a logo on a blank color page, but try and bring in um, some textures and some typefaces and other things that will give you a sense of of how it's going to live. And I think we ended up pulling colors from a different option um, yep. and bringing them in, which which I really love the way it turned out. And, you know, it's, I think it's, it doesn't do a logo justice and it's never, it's never the way you're going to experience it. Just blank on a page with a bunch of white space around it. Right. Um, you know, it's going to live in places. It's going to be, uh, different colors and, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of times I'll try and show it if we're doing a, you know, for that photographer that I, that I branded, um, I showed it on some of her photography so that she could get a sense of how it would feel as a watermark. Um, just really trying to show the ways that it's actually going to live in real life. Yeah. Um, I found that really helpful too. And also just, there was the different variations that you had mm-hmm. within. So we had four different, um, sort of four different takes mm-hmm. at the logo and then within that four takes, there might be anywhere from three to six different versions yeah. of that yeah. take on the logo. And I found that really helpful too. And I remember the one that we ended up choosing was part of, I think it was probably like second on my list of like mm-hmm. the main directions. But the version of it, I was originally not drawn to. I was originally drawn to a different version of okay. that. Okay, yeah. Um, the one where the, the words were underneath the box rather than to the side of the box. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, I just found that whole process was just really eye opening and really helped me understand why, I mean, bef- besides the fact that just, I loved what you came up with, mm-hmm. just helped me understand like the process so much more and why all the work that you put into it was so valuable. Yeah. Um, so talk to me, you kind of mentioned this briefly before of one little thing that you might look for if you might potentially be working with a subpar designer. Can you talk to me a little bit more about sort of what you might, uh, what warning signs there might be that you're not working with the best designer? Yeah. So earlier I kind of mentioned this, this designer that, that maybe doesn't doesn't ask a lot of questions and doesn't try and learn about the, the product or the company that they're working for. Um, and that can sometimes, sometimes that happens because I, I guess the way that I often design describe it is this, the difference between art and design, basically. Um, one of the ways that I've heard that described is the only difference is clients. Hmm. Um, so an artist is going out there and they're making what, what they have in their head and in their heart and they're they're putting these things on paper or capturing things and a designer the the biggest change there is this element of an an outside party someone that you're you're designing for you're right. you're creating art for so um i think a lot of the times when some when a designer isn't asking questions that's because they are they are maybe planning on just doing the things that they they're going to choose the typefaces and the colors that they like um, and make some. And in that case, to me, that's making something more for them than for their clients. So I really, I really try and like understand 
who I'm working for so that I'm not making a bunch of the same logos for a bunch of different people. And it can be something that that's very specific to who you're working for. Um, other things that, that I would watch out for are really the time. The timeline is a big thing. Um, so we, we did this project pretty quickly. It was yeah. three weeks, maybe probably um, sounds right. But I've, I've seen people who would, will turn around a final logo in three days instead. And, um, that, that to me is just not, I don't think it's possible to put in, put in the thought and go through, get past all the bad ideas, sure. um, in that timeline. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a three month long process by any means, but, uh, you definitely want to look for someone who's going to not going to present the first things they think of, uh, yeah. which it's at times the first idea you have might be good, but uh, in a lot of cases you, you really don't find that special, um, that special thing until you've, you've kind of gotten these other things out of the way. And, um, I mean, I need more than three days just to sort of mull on it. Mm-hmm. Um, in between each section, yeah. you know, it's three days at least to mull on just the mood board and then to mull on, you know, that first run that you did yeah. and the second run, the third run, like I had to have days in between just to be able to process, you know, what I'd like and don't like about these things and what they communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that time to me is really important because even if I'm not, when I'm working on a project, even if I'm not sitting at a computer or sketching, I've, I've got it floating around in my head and. Um, I'll see things walking around town that'll make me think, Oh, I, I like that color or this typeface on the sign mm. that would actually be really good for this project. So the more, the more time I have to kind of process these other things and, um, and do some research and bring all these things into the fold, uh, it always, it always benefits the final product. Um, oh, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, You'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. 
we actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Um, talk to me a little bit about... There's... I think when most people think of branding, they go straight to logo. I would say there's probably a lot more to branding than just a logo. There's a ton more, yeah. in fact. Um, and we talked about this on various episodes. Uh, I remember in particular the episode that stands out is when we had Ray Roman on, and he sort of emphasized these three points that he feels like has been able to bring him to you know, the price point that we all kind of view as the standard bearer. Um, but one of his three, uh, pillars was his branding, um, how people, how people viewed his company and his work. And that has a whole lot. I mean, in fact, like his logo is an important part of that, but it's a small piece of that Mm -hmm. overall puzzle. So talk to me about the differences between these two things. Yeah. There's, there's a couple ways to, to approach that. And, and one that, one that I hear that I heard a lot from clients uh, who's working in Austin is you get you get a client who comes in and they're like we love we love the Nike logo like or the Apple logo we want something like that that's iconic and um, and the thing that we always have to explain is the the Nike logo by itself in a vacuum is not that's not what makes it amazing if you had yeah. never seen any Nike commercials if you'd never seen Michael Jordan wearing the shoe. Um, or just do it, or you know, all these things that surround the logo, and you just saw this check, and you'd never had any connection to that. Yeah, you it, wouldn't think twice about nothing. it. Yeah, um, and same for you know, it's funny the Apple logo. It's an apple with a bite out of it. Yeah, if you had never seen, <laughs> you'd never <laughs> been in the Apple store or uh, seen, you know, their obviously their commercials and their packaging is all so clean and perfect, but you wouldn't even know it's a computer company. Right. <laughs> is this produce? Or is, yeah. I'm going to buy some fruit from these guys. Yeah. Um, so, so we try and explain that, that it's, it's more than just this, this one thing. It's, it's all the things that surround your company. So it's the, it's the website, um, the business cards, the, uh, you know, when you send out your price sheet or a contract, like all these little things that, that help add this level of professionalism and are just constantly communicating your values and what makes you special. Um, you know, it's like we, uh, one of the ways instead of branding, a lot of people call it an identity. Um, mm. and it's like judging someone just by their face, you know, they might have a pretty face, but that doesn't, you have to get to know them and kind of learn their personality and all these other things. And it's, it's more than just this one item that, that will or can communicate that. Um, so that's why I love having these long, long standing relationships because not only do you start to understand the client better and you, you work, you work together better, but you can, you can create more than just one little logo. Um, that's really going to help, uh, help communicate who they are from a lot of different perspectives and at a lot of different points. Um, so with, the with that photographer that I'm working with recently, we're doing some things. Um, so we did a, we did a rebrand, we did a logo, but we're doing some things to, to really spice up the way that she presents when she delivers photos to people. Um, because that, that element of getting, instead of just getting a Dropbox link 
in your email for the most important day of your life. Um, she felt really strongly about, about delivering these photos in a way that not only makes it so much more of a special moment for them as they open a box and see the photos from their wedding day for the first time, but also just constantly reinforces how much attention she puts into um, these little details and her level of professionalism. And she's not, you know, she's not just flippantly sending over your, your photos. She really wants to, to make, make the entire experience uh, Mm. something that's, that's really special and different. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, you did, of course, the film Mavericks logo, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we're also having you develop some business cards. Uh, you know, you're going to develop that, that one pager kind of, uh, sort of a sales brochure, if you will, for us. Um, and, and these are all like small pieces of the puzzle to the overall identity that we talked about. You know, so much of branding is in just the way that you present yourself. Mm but I think, um, in, in, you know, your website and all these kind of things, but all of those things I think are encapsulated in sort of what you do through the, through the whole process of kind of that process of discovery where you're trying to figure out what is the identity of my brand that I'm trying to create here. You know, what am I like? What do I want my clients to perceive us to be like? And all those things that are sort of naturally going to be part of my brand as an extension of who I am and who I'm and how I'm leading my team are going to be reflected in what you design in your logo. And so that's what I appreciate so much about what you do is the thoughtfulness that goes behind the logo being just sort of um, it's that pretty face mm-hmm. on the brand. It's not the brand itself, yeah. but it's the pretty face on the brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really the it. I think the process can often reveal these things about the personality and um, and lead to this more well-rounded, um, it's more well-rounded brand that that doesn't feel like a just one thing. And you know, no one's ever just going to see. They're rarely going to just see your logo by itself. The first time right. they see it will be as part of some some larger thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, one of your films that you put on and, you know, that just happens to be at the front or back side of, of the video or whether you're at some sort of uh, trade show event and you've got a big banner up on the, on the booth or whether it lives on your business card that you hand out to someone um, or if it's on your polo shirt, you know, whatever the case is, yeah. it lives somewhere. Yeah. And that was one of the things I appreciated is in the final file that you sent me, uh, the, the folder that you sent me, there was all these various subfolders that gave me a plethora of options of ways to use that mm-hmm. logo. Um, you know, whether it was like the, the PSD file that had, you know, I think it was like four different color options for the textured background yeah. and for the logo. And so I could switch and interchange any one of those depending on what we wanted to use for whatever the purpose of putting a logo yeah. on anything was. Um, or, you know, the fact that you had, um, you know, just 
plain black and white because sometimes your logo needs to live on a white piece of paper in black ink at the top of a contract. Yeah, because they're just printing it from their office computer or their office printer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's just kind of a plethora of other things. What else? I'm trying to remember what else you put in there. And well, we also was- we created a was it three or four variations right. of the logo, um, which I think is a big thing, especially now with. Uh, with mobile devices and screens, and then obviously you're going to be printing your logo at times. So we created we created a basically the full and primary logo, and then you also have an FM monogram that you can use right. in. Um, you know that's that's great because of how wide your main logo is. You want something that you can use on a uh, you know on the Instagram profile image that's going to fit better in the space. Yeah. Um, so really really trying to think about and that was another thing as part of the process is think about how and where are you going to be using this logo uh, so that we can create something that's going to look the best in those in those environments yeah absolutely i thought that was super helpful and it was above and beyond what i expected um so one of the things i've always appreciated about you is yeah. you know it's kind of a david's one of those uh under promise over deliver kind of guys so yeah <laughs> Uh, David, this has been super helpful. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to say in terms of, um, any of this things that people need to be looking out for things that if, if someone's going to hire a designer, what are the things that they need to think about in advance? Um, well, first I know earlier you mentioned that the thing that you see a lot in the, in the wedding business are people who are, who are changing their logo constantly. Mm. And, um, of course, there's are going to be times where your logo might be dated, or it might maybe the the scope of your business has changed, and that no longer represents who you are and what you do. Um, but I do think it's important to, and this is why you want to find someone who's going to do it right the first time. It's important to have something that can be consistent. Um, I mean, the Jordan Bunch Productions logo has been in use for over half a decade now, um, and they only get. I think they only get stronger with time. And if you're going to, if you're going to be changing your logo every year or two, you're having to reeducate everybody and they won't, they're not going to recognize you. Even if they've had positive experiences with your company before, um, they're going to have to say, who is that? Is that, Oh, that's who we worked with before. So, um, so anytime you can really do something, do something right the first time and, and keep that consistency throughout the years, it's only going to, it's only going to build and become a stronger brand over time. Um, yeah, you were saying what to look for when, as you're approaching this process, maybe you're out there thinking, thinking about rebranding or you're thinking about starting a company and want to brand from, uh, from the start. So I think the big things to look for before you really approach anyone is think about, think about what you're looking for. Um, how big your budget is because that's going to obviously have a big effect on whether you work with an independent designer or go to a studio um, and, and look around and just look at who, you know, are there other photographers or videographers that you admire what they're doing? Um, because when you do approach a designer, a local one, or you find someone, reach out to someone online, um, that's the beauty of the internet. I, most of my clients are outside of Denver these yeah. days, but um, you, they'll want to, they'll want to sit down with you and talk about, uh, why you're doing it and what you're looking for. 
Um, so as much as you can go into that, um, kind of having spent some time thinking about, about what you're hoping to get out of the process, because without, without a goal, without some kind of end game for it, you, you may end up with something cool, but, um, you really have a, a much better chance of, of coming to this, um, finding this like happy and like great final logo. If you, if you know why you're doing it and what, what you're aiming for really. Yeah. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to go into the process just kind of like seeing how things go. Absolutely. Um, so that's, I, when you first reached out to me for film Mavericks, I remember we talked on the phone for 45 minutes or so. And, um, you know, you had a lot of, a lot of really interesting things to say about why, why you were starting this new company and, and what's not only different about it from, um, you know, the other, the other businesses that you run, but also, uh, what gap in the market you're hoping to fill, fill and, and why that, why film Mavericks is really going to be different and better than, um, than some of the other people doing, doing things in, in that space. So yeah, just, uh, really, I think just spending some time thinking about it and not, it's too easy to just say, Oh, I need a new logo. I'm just going to reach out real quick. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, David, and, and this is to, to any of our listeners, if you are looking for someone, I can't recommend anyone higher yeah. than I recommend David. Yeah. And that's, that is absolutely the truth. David's not paying me to say that. <laughs> um, I really like, if you're looking for someone, you kind of don't, don't know where to start because you don't have the contacts or whatever highly recommend david and like you said he's in denver but he can work from anywhere he yeah. he you know we don't did all this work via via the phone and email and video chat and so you know just as good as being in person and so david if people want to go somewhere to find out more about what you're up to and maybe potentially hire you for for their their rebrand where would they go um so yeah my my website is davidisinger.com it's just my middle initial i and same thing on instagram davidisinger um so yeah feel free to to hop over there and check out some of my work uh you know you can look at my pictures of my food on instagram (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and if you i've got contact information on there so even if you're if you're thinking about it and aren't really, you know, we discussed some of those things, but if you aren't really sure where to start, reach out and I can definitely, uh, help walk you through the process and, and talk about, talk about what I can offer and figure out what you're, what you need. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on, David. This has been super helpful. I know some of our listeners who are in that, that, you know, kind of the painstaking process are going to find this really helpful and hopefully some of them reach out to you. Uh, also just want to throw this shout out for anybody who's, um, who is listening, hop on over to YouTube. We've just launched our YouTube channel. So by the same name, wedding film Academy, look that up on YouTube. We've got several new ideas for some ongoing series that we're going to do, but we've started and we've actually posted a giveaway recently. Um, so we have about a week left on that giveaway, so look for the video that we're doing. Uh, basically, we're going to give you a free platform pass to WPPI. So if you're planning on coming to Vegas or if that would put you over the edge to come to the conference, you can save a couple hundred bucks 
potentially by winning that contest. So hop on over there, check out that video, subscribe to the channel because we're going to be bringing you lots of exciting content over there. Also, if you are planning on coming to WPPI, we're hosting a party. Super pumped on Tuesday night. We're going to be in the Eye Candy Lounge and uh, it's going to be a super awesome event. Panasonic is hooking us up with some free drinks. So you can't go wrong with free drinks and great company. So super pumped for that and hope to see some of you guys there. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.